You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon. Hello, Sid Talk. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Hello, listeners. Hello. How are you all? You didn't let me answer your question. Which one? How am I doing? Oh, how are you doing? Fine, I'm, thank you. I'm more interested in the listeners. Yeah, than, I can tell. Than so, just, well-being. Yep. Yep. That's I'm true. fine. Okay. Are you all fine? Fine. We're all fine. That's good because <laughs> that's not the tone that you want your wife to give you <laughs> when she says, "I'm fine." After you've seen this movie we're going to review today, you might not be fine. <laughs> oh my god. It might rattle you a bit. It's. <laughs> <laughs> It is Saturday, June the 11th. We didn't have any before the After the Show discussion. We did. We talked about this movie. Yeah, but that's... And about the state of humanity. That's Me going off on a thing about the state of humanity and etc. We'll continue this later in my advice section. So this is After the Show. This is episode 740. We're a movie review podcast. And every week we look at a new movie. This week we're looking at the movie The Sadness. It's actually a 2021 movie. It's on Shudder, the streaming service. You can find it there right now. It's rated. It's not rated, actually, at all. So I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm not being snotty, even though that's kind of a cornerstone of my personality. What was the name of that service again? Shudder. Is that S-H-U-T-T-E-R? No, that's Shutter. Shudder? S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Okay, it sounds like shutter or shoulda, like I shoulda, woulda, coulda. So, okay, no. shudder, like you're shudder, shuddering like, at something terrible. Yeah. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Got it. And you will shudder at this movie. <laughs> so it's called The Sad Nurse. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of this movie. I do think I shuddered a few times. I'll be honest, and I'm pretty tough when it comes to horror movies, like hardcore. Okay, synopsis. There's a virus. When people are infected with this virus, they become like their worst possible self. You know how you see those memes all the time? Living your best life. These people are, well. They're they're living the best life. I guess from that terrible, horrible aspect. (laughs) And the guy said at the end, it feels great. They turn into horrible, wretched human beings. And they're fully aware. These aren't quote unquote zombies like the dumb ones in The Walking Dead or any of those Romero ones. These are just people living, doing whatever they want to each other, and it's terrible. Here's the actual synopsis. A young couple trying to reunite amid a city ravaged by a plague that turns its victims into deranged, bloodthirsty sadists. Yes. They're both correct. Yours is, this one is. All right, Sita, what did you think of the sadness? Were you sad? Were you happy? Um... Okay, like you you did say this earlier. Like, is it terrible? Is it terrible of us when we watch a movie that is depravity? Like characters, these are fictional characters. Remember, we're not watching a documentary or like footage from somebody's street cam where people are doing this to each other. This is fictional. It's all created. It's fake blood. It's fake violence. Is it weird? And I'll use that word very, very lightly because I get offended when people, <laughs> not offended, but I get like prickly when people say, 
someone's weird, but is it that we can then say we enjoyed the movie? Because it's terrible, <laughs> right? It's terrible. It's it's like, but I am a zombie fan. And so any version of the idea of people getting a virus of any kind or whatever the thing is, and then losing control, and then it's just a hopeless spiral of, you know, humanity basically has taken itself out. That's essentially what's happening with the zombie things. I always find that fascinating, and it looked nice, and it had the kind of gore that you're semi-laughing on the inside, but on your face and my heart rate, I looked on my little Fitbit thing. My heart actually went up a few times during that movie, like spiked. It will. So it's titillating, we'll say, stimulating in some weird way. While all the while, you and I aren't going to turn into murdering beasts and go out in the world and reenact this movie. So, Well, speak for yourself. (laughs) If this uh, thing occurs, you never know what you're going to turn into. Oh, you mean the vi- I just meant from watching it, oh, you're not, you and I are not influenced. Right. Then I'll go reenact any of this. I liked it just because I'm always like, whoa, human centipede. It's hard to say that you like it or that you enjoy it because it's fucked up. And yet you're like, whoa, I've never in my life, not ever in the however many years I'm ever going to live, would I have ever thought of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so someone did. And in this movie and that movie and all the weird ones, quote unquote weird, it's just somebody expressing the thing and then you move on. Like it doesn't affect my daily life or anything. So if you haven't guessed, this movie is pretty extreme. Mm. It's on the extreme level of horror. The human centipede. Describe why, if Uh, you can. Well, I would say it features a lot of sexual aspects that you don't normally see. True. It also features like over the top gore, but that's on a level of something like Peter Jackson's Brain Dead slash Dead Alive. Yeah, the blood squirts pretty quick. Yes. And pretty overtly. It's like, it's not even like the concept of normal, whatever that is. Yeah, it's, blood's better. it's there's a train sequence, let's call it train to Busan type sequence mm. where they're in a train carriage. And it is so over the top, it's almost yeah. Evil Dead 2. You know, it gets a bit, really? Does that much blood come out of one person? That's what well, I was thinking. Yes, but not all at once. Not all at once, yeah. <laughs> it's outlandish, but that's to make a statement, I think, right? I think so. Because I said to you what I really like about this movie. It starts off really kind of um, sedate. There's a nice scene where they wake up in bed, the, the, the couple that we're following. They have a little chat, just regular chat that anybody would have. The guy starts... To see things, it's like Shaun of the Dead. They don't Mm -hmm. know anything's happening. But things are happening in the city. But they're seeing them like bit at a time, bit at a time. They don't realize the severity of what's going on until it's too late, right? Correct. So it starts off with this sedate, you know, you feel a bit safe. And then it just goes from like... I think if you've seen the cover, you're not feeling safe. Well, it goes from like the level two... To the level, like, 58, like, almost <laughs> immediately. Like, he goes to get some breakfast, let's 58 say. 58 out of 100? Or 58 yeah. out of 60? 58 is the top level of... Oh, why would it? I... Why is 58 the top? I don't know. Is Maybe that a game thing? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. 58 is now the 
top level of okay okay <laughs> randomly goes to get some breakfast and then something happens i was like what i didn't expect that and then it just escalates from there and never stops it's just increasingly insane right all correct the time. and like you go to the next scene and you think well this hospital scene surely they're all okay and, and this not it's worse than the last scene i think you and i have very different expectations <laughs> <laughs> Once I'm in, I'm like, okay, every single thing is going to be terrible. I uh, well, the train scene, which actually is early on, I didn't think it could get worse than the train scene, mm. but then sexual stuff starts getting thrown in. You're wincing in a whole new way. Like, it's, okay, there's a load of blood over there, but now there's this going on. Mm. And there's a lot of sexual weirdness going on, right? Yeah. That you've never seen before, probably, as well, in a horror movie. I, d I don't think I have. I don't think so. And I've seen a lot of horror movies. But then again, you even said at one point, that's like the weirdest porn ever. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I doubt if it is. I mean, you went, as far as I know, you and I, I'm not speaking for you just because we're married. But I mean, probably in the world, <laughs> in the history of cinema, quote unquote cinema, there's going to be some porn that resembles that scene. And that scene, yeah, it's... You need to see it to believe it. But I mean... But don't just watch it because you, this is not a movie I'm recommending to anyone unless you are like us and you're just like, okay, I'll watch any, anything. Take a deep breath and get over it very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you've got to have a strong stomach first off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it is really extreme. I mean, even for... We've seen a lot of horror movies. Bad ones, good ones, gory ones, not so gory ones. And not even just horror, but like... You mentioned irreversible. You yeah. know, that's terrible. I mean, it's not a horror movie. It's just, uh, uh, it's terrible. It might stuff. be a nod to irreversible in this movie. I feel like that was. Yeah, I do too. Especially with the lighting, the way the lighting was. We're not going to describe irreversible <laughs> to you. <laughs> Don't, and if you're going to seek it out, you are on your own. I mean, also another extreme movie with gore, sexuals, things that you don't really want to see twice. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right? How is it that you and I are so okay, and yet we've seen all these fictional, terrible things, and we don't turn <laughs> into these terrible? That's what I said to you earlier. People. Is there something wrong with us? We, <laughs> we can watch like Irreversible and then just move it's on. It's the understanding that somebody somewhere, regardless of if you want to argue that it shouldn't be a creative outlet to show images of terrible things happening, it's someone's idea. It isn't impacting me i i'm not gonna enact it i don't uh, expect that i'm gonna walk down the street and anyone's going to in you know do these things to me it doesn't make me afraid of the world it doesn't make me empower me to like think i could do any of these things i'm not that person and so i could just watch it now there are some things i'll even watch and be like really first of all you're telling a shitty story if someone's using the violence and the blood and the gore just because and then this you could question you could say that a little bit here and there right yeah so then i kind of i come out of the movie out of the world that got me in and be like oh dude were you just like too excited because you had so much fake blood and you wanted to squirt it everywhere right so that's how my brain works in these i'm not completely immersed in the world so that it when it's over i'm just like oh it's like i've actually been there or anything like that i'm not a role-playing person i'm not a i don't get lost in the fantasy and so I think we can take it as in 
Here's a piece of art. Also, people will question that, but cinema and filmmaking is a visual art. Because this is very well made, to be fair. That, yeah, that I have now witnessed. I've absorbed the thoughts and the ideas, and now I'm moving on with my life. Just like if I were to go to some fancy gallery where there are depictions of the Christian Jesus Christ being crucified and of other people being beheaded in ancient times and of, you know, horrible, wretched things, but in these very beautiful, well-painted paintings, right? And then, but it's the same thing. You're putting an idea in someone's head, like a horrible, terrible thing. It's just in a different, wrapped in a different package. So I think we're fine. We're fine. Yeah, and what this movie has, like, what it's bookended by, kind of, its main quest is the couple gets split up and they... Are you spoiling? Are we spoiling? Well, no, but I'm saying the couple gets split up and they're trying to find the way back to each other. Mm-hmm. So you could say it's a love story right in the center of it, but don't look, the love story is not going to... sort of. Yeah, kind yeah. of. But, you I know, these, these are not zombies. They're not dead people. I mean, they even mentioned pandemic, which is really right on the raw nerve of most people now, right? Yeah, the introduction is there's a virus. People are protesting the shutdowns and the whatever it's called. And some people think it's a conspiracy theory and some people think it's a hoax. You see masks laying on the ground everywhere. You know, like people are wearing masks, but they also don't give a shit. And so (laughs) it was inspired by the pandemic. Yeah. So that's where he's drawing from. And filmed during the pandemic also. Right. It also has political stuff. Especially with, the, there's a scene in the middle where the president comes and does an address on television. So you got that. And the people standing there are like, they're not saying anything. Yeah. They're not even saying anything. And then it all goes very bad. And did we mention this is Taiwanese language also? We did not, but it didn't affect us. No. So it's a subtitled movie. Even I, can though- hear, I can hear grunts and groans already. Like, oh, I'm not watching a subtitle. I don't go to the <laughs> movies to read a book. I hear that. That's probably on the IMDb reviews somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that means nothing to me. I can watch a movie in any language. I don't care. As long as I can read the subtitles and understand. Yeah, and if they... I mean, we've watched movies with subtitles that aren't... I mean, it's a technical skill to get subtitles. That capture the nuance of stuff. Yes, that yeah. the language is translated well, the timing is right for what they're saying on the screen versus you being able to read it in time to see a thing that's happening. I mean, there is a very nuanced... It's not just like closed captioning where it just slams any sound that it hears. It just slams it up on the screen. You know, it's a you have it has to be good. I've watched a few where you're you can't keep up with what's actually happening, and then the words are like, "Is that what he said?" Yeah, they're not catching up properly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was fine in terms of that. I mean, I don't know the Taiwanese language, but there was nothing I misunderstood or didn't understand. Didn't seem like it. No. Yeah, it seemed a good translation. Let's say so. Gore, check. <laughs> sexual exploits, check. Not for it's the not kids. not exploits. It's just sexual assault. Let's N- just be very exactly. clear here. N- we're, not, we're not dancing around it so that you will watch it like a trap. But yeah, it's hardcore. Yeah, more than one sexual assault, which is uncommon in movies, right? Well, it used to be more common than it is now, right? True. In the 70s, there was a lot of those types of movies. They exploited that big time, yes. Yeah, and then I think they just did it so much. It's kind of lost its appeal. Well, no, I think society decided we don't need you to show women being raped in order to sell your movie. Yeah, well, this one, actually, 
come to think of it, it actually shows men being sexually assaulted also. So it's not just... No, I'm talking about your point of view that everyone's yeah, know, got yeah. bored of it. But I, no, I think it was actually a societal change. Yeah, but this movie covers all angles of everything, I think. And it's extreme, like I said. But I think it's a good horror movie. I have a, Here's my complaint about it. Okay. We've not complained about it yet. My complaint about it is it's not very three-dimensional and the plot is super basic. Agree. It's almost like a short graphic novel. I don't think it really does anything apart from say some political stuff. Agree. And then it ends, kind of. Um, did you notice that ending was similar to a George Romero ending? No. Well, it was, I'll tell you that. Can you expand on that? <sighs> I don't want to because it's a kind of... Okay. Have I, I seen it? Yeah. Okay. Helicopter, get you out of there kind of thing. I mean, that's been in a few movies. It has. And a few zombie movies that maybe you haven't seen either. So maybe other people are ripping it off too. It seemed like he was definitely going for some, like, I'm going to tribute some stuff. And mm. I, I did think that Irreversible was one of them. Yeah, it's just a, a little bit basic, the plot. I was hoping for a little bit more from it. And it does try towards the end when they meet that guy, you know, in the shower room, let's say. Mm-hmm. It does try and throw some law at you, like of like this is really what's happening, and but I don't think it fully succeeds in that. You know, agree. But, but I am kind of satisfied up to that point with the like straight up horror movie kind of craziness of it. I'm left wanting a little bit more at the end, and you almost had an epileptic <laughs> episode at the end. It's so crazy. I didn't, but I said you could have. I think you closed your eyes. Yeah, because I'm I'm not a big fan of like just. Crazy blinking lights. Well, again, Gaspar Noir, who did Irreversible and several other films, he also uses, whenever it's his credits sequence time, he does it in strobe lights to make the audience like feel really freaked out and weird. And this movie uses like weird death metal really loud and strobe lights right at the very end. So be prepared for that. And that's mm-hmm. not even during the movie. It's like during the credits. True, true. <laughs> it's crazy. But it does leave you with this feeling of, oh, this movie is insane. <laughs> like bookended with this insane, oh, this is a lot. So yeah, that's what my complaint. That's, I thought it was filmed really well. I like the characters in it, you know, the whole thing. But I just thought it left me wanting a bit more out of the story. So let's get on to the cast. And not a lot of cast, to be fair. We've got Barant Zhu as Jim. What did you think of him? I thought it was all right. I mean, it seemed a bit... Comical? A little comical and maybe not... Uh, He's not know. been in anything else from the looks of it. Okay, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was fine. He was fine. I did like his interaction with his girl at the beginning, before the things hit the fan. I felt like that felt pretty natural. Yeah. Talking of his girl, we got Regina Lay as Kat. What did you think of She was Kat? good. I liked her. She's like my favorite thing, I think, in the movie. Yeah, she had a lot to do, let's say. Action. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of action and a lot of, I don't know, being scared, let's say. Yeah, rightfully then we, so. Then we've got Ying Ru Chen as Molly. And Molly is a girl she meets along the way. Correct. Let's say. Uh, what do is you think she of famous for other things, maybe? I looked her up and no, not, not mm. much. A lot of these people in this movie, aside from Businessman, are not particularly well-known. And I think because 
it's so horrific, gory, terrible things happening that these, the lady who played Molly also has a sort of comical element about her. And I don't know what it is versus our main lady who doesn't have any comedy about her at all. Like she's... Yeah, she's, she's always all in. She's not like trying. They're not going for like shots of her doing a thing where, you know, like the Molly lady, there's like, there's one point where she's kind of hunched over and she's drooling and she's got a very specific look, almost graphic novel-y looking, right? So that yeah. makes you feel more, it's more of a graphic comedy look, whereas our main lady is pretty much the only one who's never, maybe the doctor guy that she meets or whatever he is, scientist. Cat. The main lady, even in her relationship at the beginning, just in, she's not a fun, she doesn't seem very fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's just pretty serious and straight up. like True. Uh, but yeah, she never, I mean, I'm not expecting her to be fun in this scenario, but you're right. She never breaks what she is, does she? She's just. Yeah. And her, cat. the way she is, like her body language, it's never like that sort of comedy over the top yanking of the arms. And I mean, you know what I'm saying. Apparently the most famous person in this movie is, you know, at the beginning, his neighbor who's growing the plants. Yeah. That guy is in Taiwan. Their equivalent of Walmart, he's like the spokesperson and has been for like years and years, so everybody knows who he is. For Walmart? Not Walmart, but their equivalent big supermarket in Taiwan. You mean he's an actor who does commercials? He's an actor who does their commercials. Okay. So everybody in Taiwan knows his face, so... He's, he's like the most famous person in the movie, even though it's a very small part. Then we've got the businessman, who's Tzu Shang Wang. I'm sorry for all these people for butchering your names. What do you think of the businessman? And he is a big part of this movie. He is, and I appreciate like what the commentary is here. He basically is the aging man, sort of your standard dude, who... When he tries to talk to her on the train, she's sitting there reading a book and he says to her something about, look, what book are you reading? And she's just like, well, I'm just trying to focus on my book. He insists on trying to keep talking to her and she says, and then he goes to kind of like touch her hand or something. She's like, look, I'm just trying to read my book. I appreciate that you're trying to be friendly, but please. And then he just keeps on. Then when she says, look, I, and then she gets a little more like appropriate. When she tells you to fuck off, basically, yeah. she doesn't say that. She's very polite. Then he mumbles under his breath, oh, you know, women these days. I can't even talk to anyone on the thing, on the train, without being accused of sexual harassment. Like, he's pissed off instantly. Like, what's wrong with the world these days? You can't do anything, right? He's yeah. that blubbery guy who just whines and bitches and moans because now he can't be terrible anymore. That's where he starts from. He when does. the virus gets a hold of you, what it does is it unleashes all of your... You know, what you really are. Yes. that's I, I think that's the whole idea. Yeah. That his inner feelings about the world and women, because he makes it very clear it's women, then he turns into like a raping fuckhead, <laughs> and he's terrible. That's his role, is this zombie rapist, and he's saying terrible things to the women, and that's where his focus is. And I feel like... I don't know. Is that a cultural commentary on? Like it's got to be something. Pervy men on the subway. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And some of his dialogue is hardcore. Let me yes, say. Yes. Yes. Because he doesn't care what he says once he gets the virus. If he you just, don't like the c word, you won't like yeah, it. Yeah. 
I mean, you won't hear it because it's in a different language, but you will get to read it. it. You get to see it with your own eyes. (laughs) (laughs) This is directed by Rob Jabaz. He's a Canadian film director, but he lives in Taiwan. So that's why this is a Taiwanese movie. So what? And it's his first proper movie. What do you think? I like the direction. I mean, I like the whole of it. You know, I like, like I said, I like the, a different vision of a zombie-ish world. It's very severe. It's quite pretty in so parts. I, it is. It looks yeah. really nice. So that part I'm, I'm totally into. But yeah, he has, he has some ideas that are like, oh man, are you angry with the world? Are you angry with the angry people of the world? <laughs> yeah. Do you hate internet trolls? Because that's what it felt like he was attacking a lot of too. Like. Yeah. And as far as the way it looks, was he the cinematographer too, or no? No, it does because he shows the city really well. Like, a, like mm-hmm. you do get to go around the city a bit. There's a big set piece in a train. There's one in a hospital, but then you do get to see this guy going around the streets and the part with the the baseball dudes. Oh, oh my god! God, yeah, it gets really. It does get insane. So, I like the directing. I thought it was, you know, it wasn't full of shaky cam. Everything was really sharp and even some of the special effects, which 99% of the special effects are um, real. 1% of the movie is CGI and he said it was a, um, he extended a hallway to make it look longer with a green screen. Right. That's literally the only CGI. So everything you see in is. Oh, and I know which hallway you're talking about. It's a hospital one. When when they is it the hospital or when they're trying to escape the uh, subway and he comes around the corner and they haven't. Made it, the guy's oh, closing yeah. the door. I think that's what He I didn't think. say which, but he said there's yeah. just one shot that's CG. I think that was it. Also, another shot that probably is CG when he's talking about that is uh, where he goes up and overlooks the city and you can see all smoke and stuff. Yeah. Like it looks like it was wrecked. You mean they didn't really burn down the city for him? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so IMDb reviews, what are those? Well, that is where you go on the IMDb, which is the internetmoviedatabase.com. You find one star reviews. And then we kind of make fun of them when they don't seem quite right. And there are classics, like I like to say every week. Somebody's going to say, it's the worst movie ever made. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of my time. I mean, congratulations. You chose to sit through a movie that you can now go and complain about wasting your time. So Mr. Person number one says... This movie is so much over the top of bad taste that it disconnects with any emotional component of the viewer, making it the most redundant experience I've ever had. Disconnects? Yep. Okay. I just read it how it's wrote. Oh. (laughs) Second guy says, The director seems to try real hard to shock people, but just shows his own incompetence as a storyteller. After a decent start, the movie tanks within the first ten minutes and becomes a repetitive practical effects playground where all the budget gets burned in rubber and fake blood it doesn't make any sense unwatchable nonsense hmm unwatchable but you watched it and the last person says the sexual violence is gratuitous by definition because there is almost no plot this movie is just about sexual violence no thanks and that's it for this week's right people i'll give you an extra bonus one this guy says It's a sick movie made for sickos. Yes, sickos. It gives me the impression that Taiwan has grasped a hold of its degenerate values from the West, in which it's so desperate to be a part of. 
the movie would never have been allowed to be, ma- to be made in Taiwan, and rightly so. It was made in Taiwan. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So that is the IMDb reviews for this week. Extras, we, well, we saw the streaming version, so no extras. I'm going to give it a score. I'm going to give The Sadness a 7 out of 10. Seven's pretty high when you think about it. Well, I'm thinking of, I like to see something I haven't seen before. And I feel like it was, I don't know, I'm just, I like this extreme kind of weirdness. Right, but I don't know if a seven's getting close to ten, and it's not that. I'm giving it a seven. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. So I'm giving it a six because it's more than average. A six is close to five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's just above average. So I'll give it a 5.5 because it's above average because it looks really nice, pretty powerful visually. It's an experience. But there's, like you said, it's empty calories. It doesn't have a lot to say. All right, I'm gonna give it a six then. Okay, I'm I'm not I can't do the point five or anything, so I know I'll go down to six. Your your choice. Yeah, but I did <laughs> I did thoroughly enjoy it, which is weird. Am I a weirdo? A little bit weird. All right, so thank you to Shudder. You can watch that on Shudder streaming service now. Please prepare yourself because you you're not ready. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are not ready for this. No. And next week, we're going to look at Robert Eggers' new film. Robert Eggers, who is he? I don't know. He is the director of The Witch and The Lighthouse. Oh, yes, you did tell me this. And he's got a new movie called The Northman, and we're going to look at that next week. Movie recommendations. I'm going off the horror tip. I'm going with Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. If you want to see a movie full of blood and guts, that's the one for you. And if you want to see another movie full of blood and guts, that's Evil Dead 2. I've recommended the original Evil Dead so many times, I thought I'd go for the second one. Uh, But you're actually really just recommending all of them. Yes. Okay. And mine are me going back to the 90s and just all the movies I've ever seen. And I've got a list and now we're 95-ish, 94, 95. You don't even know where you are. I don't even know. I didn't label them properly on my spreadsheet. And yes, I have a spreadsheet. The Last Seduction, which is one of your faves. That is Linda Florentino. Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead, which I only just watched in the last couple of years when you had me watch all the Phantasm movies. I did. Shallow Grave, which is also one of your favorites. Danny Boyle. Maverick, which is not one of your favorites, I'm sure. It's just one of those kind of corny 90s western. I've never seen it. Sort of a heisty gamble boat thingy. Oh, sounds good. It's got Jodie Foster in it, I believe. I do like heists. I don't know if it's a heist heist, but it's a gambling thing. Oh. And also, another one of your favorites, The Pulp Fiction. That one's in my top ten movies of all time. I know. (laughs) So you've got The Last Seduction, Shallow Grave, and Pulp Fiction all there in my recommendations. Well, good value. (laughs) I like it. Hey, Scully Stuff, I've been playing a new game this week called The Quarry. You know, like The Quarry, where you get rocks from. You'd like to start it today. I I actually played a little bit yesterday and Mm. some today. Okay. It's from the makers of Until Dawn which is a horror game for the PlayStation, but now they've branched out. They're not just doing PlayStation games, they're doing PC and Xbox, etc. And it's your typical, there's a load of camp counselors, they go to a summer camp, or they just, actually, they're about to finish work at the summer camp. It's the last day. All the kids have gone home. But that last night, they stay there for a party, and then they leave in the morning. 
But will they get through the last Don't night? go to the summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> Horror movie tropes. It's a choose-your-own-adventure type game, you know, where you you choose the, uh, should this person go that way or this way? Should they talk to this person or that person? And that makes the outcome different, usually. We're, we're still a bit like both of us with these kind of games. While they're really fun, they usually end up around the same place at the end, don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, in this one, you could kill people and or not kill people, but that's pretty much the extent of it. It's basically the sequel to Until Dawn, but they lost the rights to the name Until Dawn, so they called this The Quarry. It uses the same engine. It features a load of like actors that you probably will know, such as, uh, what's he called? Dewey from Scream. He's in there. Lance Hendrickson's in there. Uh, Ethan Serpy's in there. There's a lot of famous people in it. And it's a, I actually don't know what is going on because I've not finished it. I'm on like the fourth chapter out of five. But I'll tell you next week uh, if I liked The Quarry. I am liking it so far. You're already on the fourth chapter. So what I was seeing today, you're like, that's far into the Yeah, I don't think it's particularly long. I know what you're saying. It doesn't feel like much has happened, right? No. No, I'm thinking that myself. I'm thinking... I hope the last two chapters like really like notch it all up and like we get to the, you know, to some action Mm. because there's been a lot of like just teenage drama, I would say. Yeah. Like, oh, should we kiss this guy? Should we uh, (laughs) play truth or dare on the, on the, you know, round the campfire? But yeah, so far, yes, stuff has happened and there has been a reveal of kinds, but I'm with you. I don't think it's quite as exciting as Until Dawn, which really got into it quickly, right? This one doesn't so much. So what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Well, you recommended. Yeah, Taco Bell, TV. Easiest option, yeah. And what is your advice? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at it since I wrote it an hour ago. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, your brain, are you a goldfish? It isn't. I'm sorry, what was your name? I'm Dory. <laughs> exactly. Isn't it advice? It's just another one of my spewing of wisdom slash bullshit things that you can take or leave. I don't care. So this movie makes me think, so that's one reason why I do like it as well, that ultimately everything we all fucking do, everyone, everyone from every dictator to king to leaders of all the kinds, all the doctors, nurses, criminals, serial killers, everybody, everything you do, every choice you make to put into action in life, is because of the life you've had up to that moment and your interpretation and however it processes in your brain, right? So thoughts and feelings and your urges of your whole life kind of build the foundation because they're soaking into you. They're going into your brain. You're remembering good things and bad things and terrible things and things people are doing that are wonderful and horrible and all this. It's all in your brain. And then It's kind of a foundation or like a filter now through your eyeballs. You're seeing the world with all of that. That's what creates your view of the world. Right? So then how you put all of that into action or into like how you behave and how you interact. There's like two sets of steps now. You're on your foundation, right? And this is every day. It's ever ever changing. It's not like you hit a thing and then you're, you're never like grown up and now you're on your own, right? It's just constant. You've always got like choices, two choices, actually. You're either going to be a terrible human being or you're not. I feel like it's really often that simple. 
and that people worry and fret over how to control everybody's minds and how you brainwash everyone to behave a certain way and how do we do we use religion do we use threats do we use governmental control do you believe in conspiracies that are just controlling us all like puppets all the time or do you just think right now in this moment i'm 54 you're 50 whatever two you're younger than me <laughs> let's just tell you about that i've had my own experiences of life they all pile up in my brain they create everything that i see and everything how i see it all I never have the urge to harm anyone. I don't have that, right? I don't have that. Nothing in my life has ever pushed me to that point, except for maybe one fight with my ex-husband. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> in that moment. But as a, I don't sit here reading the internet and the news and hear it and feel like it's all oppressive and it's killing me and now I need to go out and lash out at the world. I'm not that person. I'm more the type who'd be like, I'm just giving up, Right? My choice, my behavior now, because the world of humans is what it is. I'm just giving up. I'm not going to try anymore. I'm not going to interact anymore. I'm not going to do anything or create anything or live and do any experiences. I just fucking give up. It's too much. The world is too much. I'm going to stay in my little house. I'm going to pay my bills. And I'm just not, that's it. I give up. I have no hope for the future. That's one choice, right? Or the other choice I could make is like, okay, that's all true, actually. <laughs> the world is going to be terrible. But I'm choosing to like keep going and kind of plow through it the best I can. And I feel like this movie kind of puts that in my head, like the idea that some people go from, oh, poor me, poor me, to I'm going to inflict this pain on other people because it's been inflicted on me. And no, it's not always a mental health issue. I apologize if that offends anyone, but it isn't. Unless we all have mental health issues and every choice we make is drawn out by that, which is fair. You know, talk to me about it all. See what I think. But sometimes it's just a matter of just sit your ass down and stop feeling sorry for yourself and stop feeling like the world's against you and don't be the terrible person. But this movie is like, what if that's all unlocked in people? And we're kind of screwed, right? True. You've also got the people who are just infinitely good, and it's going to unlock the goodness. Well, we can hope for that. So well, I don't even know what that was. It's not anything other than don't be a terrible person. All right. Thank you, Sid. So. <laughs> was that great? That was yes. great. com is the website you can find this podcast. We're on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can catch the show itself on anchor.fm slash after the show iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, everywhere that podcasts are available. Email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your email. Hmm. And stay classy. Well, there's nobody classy in this movie. I mean, the actors are classy, but the people who get infected with the sadness, you need to get classy again because you were not classy. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or somebody's going to do it for you. <laughs>